Psalm 127.1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And that's the idea of this week and focusing or refocusing on the family. And this morning we talked about how to establish that foundation by digging deep. And we do that by coming to Jesus, hearing what he has to say with intentional listening, and then using that information to do what he says to do. And that's how we labor to build that house. And we'll talk about that verse quite a bit and that understanding. I wanted that to be the framework for what we do for the rest of the week. This evening, I want to think about this for just a moment. For the majority of our lives, at some point, we have spent living in our father and our mother's home, in our parents' house, and we've grown up in that house, and we've taken advice, and we've taken the commandments of our parents. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves married, and then we are no longer listening to mom and dad, but we feel pulled in that direction, while our spouse feels pulled in the other direction. So what we want to talk about this evening or this afternoon, is those extended family relationships, particularly the in-law type relationship with our parents, because we all feel that pull to some degree with the other side of the family. And so how do we handle those situations when we're being pulled one way or the other? And I believe it's an understanding, or it is understanding this passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, where Adam and Eve were created, specifically the, the woman. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we see here a, uh, this happening between a man and a woman. Now, of course, Adam and Eve did not have parents, so they didn't have in-law problems uh, or in-law situations, and they didn't have to worry about handling all that. But this right here is a quote from God. Sometimes we might lump that into saying to being what Adam said, but Jesus says in Matthew 19 and verse 5, this is what God had said, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So it's in that relationship that we find uh, that uh, leaving of the father and mother and coming together as one with our spouse. And that's the idea. And if we understand what this means then we can understand how to deal with the in-laws uh, or our own parents. It really doesn't matter. I, I keep saying in-laws, but in some ways it's dealing with your own parents and that new relationship uh, that you have found yourself in. First thing is you need to know what your role is. Ephesians 5 verse 33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. The priority in the home the primary familial relationship is husband and wife. It's not husband and kids or dad and kids. It's not mom and kids. It's mom and dad. It's the husband and the wife. And so husbands, respect your role in that relationship, that that is your primary. Now, secondary to that, obviously, would be the children. Now, the children... And while they're in the home, that's a different story. Notice Ephesians 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That's your first familiar relationship. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. 
And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, as we talk about family, we're going to notice Genesis chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 5 are going to come up often in this series. There's a reason for that. Uh, that's where it talks about the family. We're going to talk about those things in very different aspects. In this case, the primary familial relationship for any child is, first of all, the parents. So, as the parents, we are the primary is the husband and, and the wife. Secondary to that is the children. And the children, the primary is mom and dad. Secondary to that, I guess, would be the siblings. And then from there, that changes when we get back to Genesis 2 and verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So then the primary relationship shifts uh, to the husband and wife now. So let's look at that in a little bit more of a detail. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. Men, your wife wins. When it comes to your parents, her parents, your wife wins. Because that's your primary relationship. Know what your role is, and that's who wins. If you have a problem with you macho men out there, if you have a problem with the wife wins, oneness wins. Okay? I don't care how you word it, but we are called to be one with our wives. Therefore, our wife needs to win in that situation. You've got to leave father and mother. Secondly, parents, when your children marry, let them go. Quit meddling. Quit getting in the way. Let them be a family. That's really easy for me to say. My son is 19, not yet married. He's my oldest. So right now, I know that that's easy to say. But I also know that when he becomes primary, his primary uh, familial relationship becomes his wife, I've got to let him go. And it's no longer him obeying me and doing what I say and those types of things. He's got to... He's got to take on that role. Uh, and so parents, first of all, let him go. And then again, uh, this is the part about the husband. Be joined to his wife. That the oneness wins. If you're newly married or thinking about becoming married, the older folks will tell you the same thing. She cooks you dinner. I don't care what it is. Don't tell her, not once. Do not say this. You might want to get the recipe from mom. Don't ever do that. Oneness wins. The wife wins. If she says for a moment at all, if she says your family makes me feel fill in the blank, listen to her because she's your primary familial responsibility. Not mom and dad. That, that is over now. Okay, so mom and dad don't win anymore. Mom and dad don't get their way anymore. The wife wins. Oneness wins. So listen to your wife and what she has to say. There have been times that I've violated that, and I'll tell you it hurt our oneness. So I've got to put that away. When we first got married, we moved to Oklahoma City, where my parents were. We're three hours away from her parents. We went to mom and dad's on Sundays because they had a washing machine and a dryer. We did not. And so we really didn't separate ourselves from them. And it's no fault necessarily to them. That's just what we did. 
And I didn't always listen to what she was saying about, you know, maybe on Sunday we could go have dinner with someone else. Well, we go to mom and dad's because that's what we got to do laundry, and it didn't, it didn't work that way, see, for her. We needed that oneness. We needed something different. And I, you got to learn to listen to, that, to those types of things. And then it talks about they shall become one flesh. You know what that means, wives? Know your role. That means mom and dad are not your primary familial relationship. And that means your husband wins. I know mom's going to pull. <laughs> I know she is. She's going to pull for your attention. She wants that attention. She's going to miss that from you. Your husband needs that attention too. And you've got to spend that, spend that time with him and to begin to develop that. So mom and dad don't win anymore. You don't go to dad for his advice. And another thing I'll add on top of that for both sides, your parents are not the tiebreakers. When you've got a problem going on, you don't call her dad and say, well, you need to straighten her out. No, 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 no. doesn't work that way. Don't you dare do something like that. And it doesn't work the other way around. You can't call your mom and dad and say, she's doing this or that. And I'm, I'm going to say she because I'm a man and, I'm, you know, that's the illustration. Is I'm, my spouse is a woman. Works both ways as far as the illustration goes. But you don't, you don't call mom and dad. You don't call their mom and dad and say, well, this is, how's this working? How, be the tiebreaker. No, no. Work it out. Work it out at home. Okay. So on one side of the balance, there is this idea of leaving mother and father. So we might think, okay, i got to cut them off. Can't see mom and dad anymore. Can't allow her or him to see mom and dad anymore. Because the, the Bible says, leave father and mother. Look at Matthew chapter 9, or 15, verse 1. Then the scribes of Pharisees who are from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they... Do not wash their hands when they eat bread. So they're trying to come to Jesus with something that uh, he think, they think they ought to make him guilty of something because they don't wash their hands, uh, even though that was based on tradition. Uh, good idea, the elders today, to ask us to wash our hands before we eat with all the sickness going on. That's not what he was talking about here, uh, or what they were talking about. It was tradition because the clean, you need to be clean. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your traditions? Now he's not talking about a tradition. He's talking about something they do as a tradition that keeps them from doing what was commanded. What was that? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father and mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift from, to God. Then he need not honor his father and mother, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. So whatever, whatever gift you get from me, you just consider that a gift from God. You feel blessed because I'm doing you a favor. I'm giving you a blessing. He says, no, you honor your father and mother. And the Pharisees would have seen that and understood exactly what he meant because he knew they knew what the law said. I figure some of the Pharisees were married. But they weren't honoring their father and mother. Because honoring of our father and mother when we're outside of the home does not necessarily mean, well, it does not mean that we obey them. But we still have a responsibility to honor them. 
So on one side, yes, we leave father and mother, but on the other side, we've still got to honor them. So how do we do that? How do we strike that balance of leaving them and all of it, both sides, both spouses, leaving father and mother and yet still be honoring? How do we do that? 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You know, in context of 1 Timothy chapter 5, he's talking about widows. And in this case, he's talking about widows who have children. And those children are to provide for their own mother who is now widowed. It's their responsibility. Now, if a widow did not have children then the church should step up and help her in that way, financially. That's what he's talking about. So in one way, we honor our parents by making sure that they are taken care of financially, that we are providing for them if need be. For, the, for 20 years or so, give or take, you also needed taken care of and provided for. Who did that? Your parents did. So it's not too much that in the last part of their life that you're returning the favor. And it's not a gift from God. <laughs> it's not a blessing for them. It's your responsibility as one who honors father and mother. See, that doesn't change. That never ends. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 14. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So Peter brought Jesus to his house where his mother-in-law was because she was sick. So Peter was helping his wife by taking care of his mother-in-law and bringing Jesus in to heal her. So we help them, we care for them, we take care of them. That's what we're supposed to do to honor our father and mother, even when we've left father and mother. Proverbs 17 and verse 6 says, Children's children are the crowd of old men, and the glory of children is their father. They wear their grandchildren like a crown, not literally. But that's the joy, that's the goodness, that's what it is to be a grandfather. I got an amen out of Ty, and I expected one because I've been to his house all over the house. Ty and Lisa have pictures and sayings and all kinds of things about being a grandparent, about the love that they have for the grandkids. There's no doubt in my mind that they feel that way about their grandkids. And it's a joy to have grandchildren. Don't leave father and mother and not allow your parents to see those grandkids. Take them over there. Let them see them. Let them have that joy in their life. Honor your father and mother. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9, notice this. says, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. I know that you have, as parents, that you have taught your kids, and it's come to a point that you've got to let them go, but you teaching them has not stopped. You continue to teach your children. These are children that have grandchildren, or have your grandchildren. So you continue to teach them. The teaching, though, changes. It morphs, as it should while they're growing up, by the way. But it changes. No longer are you telling them what to do, and they simply have to obey it. Notice how Jethro handled this in Exodus chapter 18. And he come to Moses. Now, this is Moses' father-in-law. 
So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, he there being God, uh, he said, what is this thing you, that, oh no, I'm sorry, that's Moses. Uh, Moses was judging all the people. Okay, so Jethro sees this, that's Moses' father-in-law. He said, what is the thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another, and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So here's Moses. Everybody's coming to him. The entire nation of Israel is coming to him when they have a difficulty. I bet he was up early and he was up late because of all the people coming with a dispute to him. And he was sitting there as judge and trying to inquire of God, okay, you need to handle it this way. You need to do things this way. And Jethro sees this. He says, what, what, what is this? What are you doing? <laughs> so he tells him what it is. Jethro says this. Uh, Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Uh, you're, you can't get up that early and stay awake that late at night and take care of all these people. It's not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. This is too much for you to carry. So he offers a solution. Listen now to my voice and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And he goes on and talks about uh, how they ought to have several judges. Judges over thousands, judges over hundreds. and judge. The point being of all this is not really how the, what the solution was, but how he responds. Let me give you some counsel. Let me give you some advice. I don't think this is good for you, so just hear what I had to say. Now, he wasn't saying, you better do what I say, or my daughter better do what I say. It wasn't those types of things. He just says, let me give you some advice, some friendly, loving advice. It was up to Moses whether or not he would do it. Moses saw the wisdom, and he did. But that's how a parent now transitions from teaching to advising. Say, so, you know what? I think this might be good. And we need to listen to that. And as a father that, who respects the role in his own home, he's got to take that advice and figure out if that really is what's best for him and his family. But the choice is up to him. So a, a parent who is a parent of one who is married, offer the advice and leave the choice to them, regardless of what the decision is. They're going to make mistakes. They gotta, they're going to have to make their own way. Let them make those mistakes. Let them have their own way. They'll learn from it. Hopefully, they'll learn from it because of the teaching that you've done so far. So now it's just counsel and advice. But it doesn't stop there as far as the teaching goes. He says, teach them also to your grandchildren. You have a responsibility as grandparents to also teach your grandchildren. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5 says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, talking of Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you also. Where did, where did Timothy learn his faith? From his mother and his grandmother. So grandparents have a responsibility to show them the faith. To show them what it's like to live in Jesus Christ. That's your responsibility. So yes, you've left father and mother, but mom and dad still need to be honored. And that's striking that balance. And I don't know if that completely helps 
with dealing with those because when you first get married, just the, it's, that's a challenge because you're so accustomed to doing what your parents said. You're so accustomed to, to listening to their advice. And all of that has to change, and it does have to change. Oneness wins. Leave your father and mother. Be joined to your wife. But still honor your father and mother and let them be a part of your life.